everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And we're at minute 11, which, Mm -hmm. so, fun story, I deleted my notes from last week, so I'm not entirely sure where minute 10 left off. I thought it left off after the completion of the line, 92% of honeys at UCLA are sexually active. Mm. However, when I started the movie today, it was in the middle of that line. Right. So, minute 11 either starts somewhere in the middle of that line, or it roughly starts with 92% of women in Los Angeles walking around going, class or sex, what shall I do? (laughs) So... That is where Minute 11 begins, and I have it going through, that is a fragrance of love-scented candle, bitch, damn. <laughs> God, I love Kenny so much. Like, He's, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. Kenny, I can take or leave. God, I love Seth Green as Kenny so much. Correct. I like, like yeah. Kenny's fine. Yeah. He's not without his problems, but it's not the character who I love so much. It is specifically Seth Green in this role is just like chef's kiss. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. The the role could not have been cast better. No, no. In my opinion. Uh, His shortness is a a huge asset here for the characterization of, and and also that he's sort of their leader where it's like, they're both way taller than him. They're (laughs) taller. They're like, at least one of them, the one in, like, the gray tank top is, like, you know, yeah. pretty, you know, like, has, like, good arms and, yeah. you know, looks more like he would be the the leader just based on his overall physical presence. But, yeah. nope, we've got Kenny, who reminds me of, so I don't know if this was a thing where you went to elementary school, but do you remember starter jackets? Uh, I do. Okay, so they were, like, a big deal at my elementary school for mm-hmm. especially the the boys. And they're, like, massive jackets that, yeah. you know, your average fourth grade boy is swimming in because they were sized for... They, they didn't have, like, kid-sized starter jackets, to my knowledge. Right. I think it was, like, adult jackets that these kids would just get in, like, the smallest possible size, and they would just swim in them. And that is what Kenny reminds me of. He always makes me think of specifically one kid in a starter jacket in, like, third grade. Yeah, starter jackets were sort of like um, if you wanted a letterman's jacket, but you were one in elementary school, Mm -hmm. school, or two, you didn't get one in high school, so you wanted to just buy it. Like, yeah. it was that kind of thing. You wanted to look like you're an alumnus of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, like... <laughs> yes. Like... Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know starter jackets, they were these winter coats that were themed by professional... Like, for professional yeah. sports teams. Um, I remember... You know, weirdly, growing up in Northern Virginia, you'd think that there would have been a bunch of washington redskins ones but i don't think i ever saw anybody with one of those i know that there were a couple of kids who had miami dolphins ones sure i think jeff was one of those kids um Mm. that was dan marino's time so that would make sense yeah there were a couple kids who had there was at least one kid i can't remember who it was now but there was at least one kid who had a dallas cowboys one 
Yeah. That's I what feel I, like I was Minnesota say, Vikings it, might have been one of them because I'm I have a vague been. memory of purple. Yeah. The Miami could've Dolphins been. was what I really remember though. Right. Um it felt like in the nineties. Now this is we are into entering into where my muse, my uh sports knowledge lies. Sure. Um however football is is rough. Um uh but I feel like if you were committed to football enough to buy a starter jacket in the nineties, you didn't buy a Washington Redskins jacket because I think they weren't good. I think um, that is correct. So like the Cowboys, we, we lived in a, in Annapolis when the Cowboys and the bills went to the Super Bowl. I okay. want to say 93. Um, it was in the middle of the bills, uh, breaking the record for most times at the Super Bowl without winning. Oh. Um, <laughs> What a good record to break. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are uh, so good at being not quite the best. <laughs> professional second base, second place. Um but the the we I was friends with these kids that their names were all J names and they lived like a couple streets over and they were huge Cowboys fans. Okay. And uh so I think of the Cowboys as like like the Yankees of of football. Yeah. Where it's like Every it's a, it's pretty safe to like the Cowboys, um, especially yeah. So, anyways, um, I don't know that that's necessarily the other thing, true anymore. A... <laughs> it no, might be. I think that's not true. I, I think that's not true anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, back then I feel yeah. like yeah, Cowboys was yeah. A I think safe I think bet. your your estimation of the demographics of of what teams were represented uh, is is fairly probably it sounds right. Uh, I would say maybe the Forty ers would be another. Another team that would be yeah. possibly represented. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, the other thing is there's a Wonder Years lyric uh, where he's describing these uh, these like like 50 year old like men drinking outside. Like, you know, they're, they're like blue collar workers whose like lives are behind them. And he describes them as wearing starter jackets from teams that haven't existed since the 90s. Oh. And it just paints this amazing image of like really really sad like yeah like um so i hear starter jackets and that's immediately what i think of um yeah. i have a question sure the uh the gentleman that you described as uh having good arms and uh shooting should have been the leader uh is homeboy number one um he's the one that was in crossroads what's he shaking is he checking his pager to see if it's working at I the very know. very beginning he has something purple. I think in his I was hand. so hung up on the lines that yeah. I didn't even notice it. I, I de- it was definitely on my second. I only watched through uh, minute eleven twice because I was okay. like, I missed something because I love the way Seth uh, Green delivers the lines in this in this minute, yes. especially. Um, so, but he's like shaking something, and I was like, is that like a stress ball or something? And then I think it's a purple pager that he's doing like stage work of shaking to see why isn't this going off is it working but i'm like but it sounds like there's water in it it's it's a weird bit of stage business do i need um, to go back and rewatch real quick i can pull it up on netflix real fast i don't know how worth it it is because okay. i think that the most you could be is like yeah that's his pager or meh <laughs> okay so, then i won't <laughs> i just wanted to see if, if you uh if if that was next time hey listener or aaron next time you watch this scene uh see if you can tell if that is in fact a pager Okay. So, Kenny, um, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I I just, my first note is, you don't know 20 different ways to make me call you Big Papa, because I don't, yo. And he sounds so sad <laughs> and so pathetic. And it's just, it's it's just such a beautiful piece of acting. It It's amazing to watch, like, he's somehow being braggadocious about a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. like a lack of experience. It's really, yes. really wild and conflicting and hilarious to him watch him be like because i don't yo um yeah i wanted to say real quick my subtitles uh spelled papa p-a-p-a okay which i was like there's no reason why the the subtitler who uh sometimes i'm we're watching subtitles more and more recently just because i like to get you know every line and whatever sure sometimes they're i'm like that man you got lazy like (laughs) you didn't even try to get that full line um but so uh, this is a reference to the single by Notorious B.I.G. called Big Papa, which he spelled P-O-P-P-A. Okay. Um, and that was released on February 20th, 1995. It was his first top 10 song and his fourth highest charting on the Hot 100 overall. Okay. Um, which is why Homeboy Number 1 says rest in peace. Uh, oh, okay. Which, it, because uh, Biggie died on March 9th, 1997... Uh, Can't Hardly Wait came out 16 months later, but when they were writing the script, it had to have been really recent news. Like minutes. Um, yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, like, it, w- it was probably in the same couple of, like, it was probably still, like, the summer yeah. or so of of it happening. Um, so that's why he says rest in pieces, because that was a, a, a quick biggie reference. Got it. Okay. So then they start walking. Yes. Yeah, this entire scene is basically Kenny detailing his plans to get laid when he gets to college. Correct. Uh, and one of, it, one of the classic lines of this movie that is rich in classic lines is, um, class or sex, what shall I do? Yes. Because it's both incredibly naive, but it's also very aspirational for how the girls in college... Actually, he has the same... He's having the same conversation... That Mike Dexter is having. That is very... I mean, yeah. he's not... He's not... Sing, he's Mike Dexter isn't single. Well, yes, right. he is. But you yes, know what I mean. Is. Yeah. Like... <laughs> he, but he's basically like, when you get to college, they're women, and they speak like, what shall I do? Like... Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so then they start walking, and they run into a, a white kid, and they're like... They kind of like are tough at him. They kind of lunge at him in a very... Mm-hmm. It, in in a way that like only this type of teenager in this era can lunge at someone with nothing behind it, yeah. Um, but also be incredibly annoying and menacing at the same time. Yes. Um, and then as they continue to talk, we see this this uh, this kid put a two liter of Mountain Dew in his coat. Yes. Listeners- and this is the beginning of a running. <laughs> Yeah, listeners, keep keep an eye out for this kid <laughs> throughout the rest of this movie. Um, so do you have notes about called... this actor? I okay. sure do. I sure do. Okay. Um, his character is called Klepto Guy, so that should give you a hint about what's going on. <laughs> yep. Um, I I called him Klepto Guy when I took my notes to like, hey, come back to to look at him, and then I I searched for him in the thing, and it was like Klepto Guy, and I was like, there it is. Um, <laughs> So uh, he's played by uh, a man named Chris Owen. Okay. Uh, his top three 
Um, he was Chuck the Shermanator Sherman in American Pie. Yes, he was. Um, also American Pie 2, American Pie Bandcamp, and American Reunion. Okay. Um, uh, he was Norm in the 2007 version of The Mist, Stephen King oh. connection. Okay. Um, and he was a kid named Quentin in October Sky, which was a Jake Gyllenhaal rocket yeah. movie. Um, yeah, maybe. He's also he was in he was also in She's All That. Um, and yes. he was a. I don't remember him in She's All That, but I feel I trust. like I do, but I'm trying to picture him, and now I can't. Yeah. But I feel like he's one of those faces that, like, you try to picture him and you just picture him, like, standing next to a locker because he was in, yeah. like, all of the teen movies around that time. When, when you picture shit-eating grin, you should picture this kid smiling because, like, yes. it's exactly that. Um, he also, well, I didn't write this down, but there was apparently a summer-themed, summer-set, like, set in the summer sequel to A Christmas Story um, that I didn't write down the name of it, but he played Scott Farkas in that. Okay. Um, yes. And I think that's really great casting, because if you know yes. the, A Christmas Story, he looks exactly like the kid that played Scott Farkas in that. Yeah. Yep. Um, he was in Angus. Uh, did you ever see Angus? I don't think so. doesn't sound familiar. It feels like a movie I should hold beloved, because okay. it's... A high school coming of age story about this big awkward oafish guy and his little sort of rat faced friend who are trying to make it. Uh, he the the big guy Angus wants to go to a wants to dance with the the pretty cheerleader, but the stuck up quarterback of the football team played by James Vanderbeek, um, okay. uh, and actually the girl is played by the girl from Jurassic Park, like the he left us he left us. The, oh, the that's kid. the only other thing I know her from. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, this guy Chris Owen plays that rat-faced friend. So, oh, okay. Um, it's a sort. I I want to watch it. The soundtrack is really really great. It has like previously unreleased songs by like Green Day and Goo Goo Dolls and oh wow, name other 1995 things that were happening. Sure. <laughs> and, and they're on there too. Um, but uh, so he was in that. Um. And that that's gonna come back on his trivia. So uh, so hold on to that. He okay. was the titular character of Jordan in the music video for Something Corporate's "If You See Jordan." Um, okay. Which I watched last You'll night. Be I watched a uh, little redhead bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> a a theme of this week is going to be, and they were in the music video for. Okay. Um. So uh, I watched, and I watched. Uh, all but one of the, um, I watched a music video from each person that had a music video. Um, okay. boy, they put the camera really close to Andrew McMahon on that video. They really filled up the screen with his big face. I don't think uh, I have ever seen a something corporate music video. It's, it's actually really interesting to the story of, if you see Jordan, cause the kid's name was actually Jordan. And he actually challenged Andrew McMahon to fight the night after the night of graduation. Basically, the the can't hardly wait period of time. Uh-huh. Um, this kid challenged him to fight on the beach, and they went there. And Andrew McMahon was like, "I'm not gonna fight you. You can go ahead and hit me." And then he the, the Jordan didn't, 
And then Andrew McMahon went home and wrote this song in like, <laughs> he said, it's the fastest song I've ever written. And it's well, literally like exactly what happened, what I was feeling and everything from the night of this happening. That's amazing. So I was reading this AP article where the interviewer was talking about, uh, they both, the interviewer and Andrew McMahon had their 10th high school reunions coming up. Okay. Um, Andrew, uh, they're a class of 2000. So uh, Andrew McMahon, Sumley Corporate is basically just exactly um, as old as us. Um, yeah. But uh, he was talking about it and he was like, well, the weird thing was that when we were uh, making Audio Boxer, uh, we had two songs that were in 6-8 time, uh, which is the time that If You See Jordan is. It's sort of a swingy sort of like thing. Um, if You See Jordan and then the better song, uh, the better written song, the better performed song was... <laughs> was a song called If I Were a Terrorist, I'd Bomb Graduation. Oh. So they decided to hang on to If I Were a Terrorist, I'd Bomb Graduation for the full length and put If You See Jordan on the EP, just sort of toss it away on the EP and then save the better song for the full length. And then uh, 9-11 happened. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, so because... um, if you see Jordan got incredibly popular, um, we didn't go down in history as the band that made a song called that and left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, right. So thanks, and Jordan. And so the interviewer then was talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the interviewer was talking about, so what? are you going to go to your high school reunion? And is it going to be awkward if Jordan is there? This person that you literally name checked the real name of in this right. very popular song? Anyways, it's a good it's a good article. If you search uh, if you see Jordan, it's like the first thing that comes up. Okay. Anyways, but enough of that. Here's the really important thing. Okay. This man, Chris Owen, is in a movie called The oh. Last Sharknado: colon, Oh. It's about time. What? <laughs> so, longtime listeners of the James and Aaron oeuvre uh, will know. That we are really into time travel. Uh huh. And we like media that contains the words, it's about time. Uh huh. A, a previous newsletter that Erin has written, uh, she wrote about the movie Amityville 1992, colon, it's about time. Yes. Um, and I think part of the reason that we like that particular, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Um, um, template conglomeration trope? of words is not the word. Okay, sure. Um, okay. but I think it's because Waxwork Two Lost in Time mm-hmm. was, I think, rather formative in our podcasting career. Weirdly, yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that the it's about time reminds me of Waxwork Two Lost in Time, especially when it's the follow, especially when. It's about time follows the colon, yeah. In a movie title, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think um, any time that we find a movie that is something something colon, it's about time. We are yeah. going to do a live react as a newsletter, which I assume yeah. is what you're about to tell me is the newsletter for this month. So I have two parentheticals. Uh, the first is a plot synopsis. It's a single sentence plot synopsis. Finn, that's the name of the main character of this Sharknado no. movie. Oh, uh, Chris Chris Owen plays a man named Gil. No. So that's where we're James, at with Sharknado. No. 
did we write this movie? <laughs> Finn has to go back in time to rejoin his shark battling friends to stop the first shark NATO and save humanity. I cannot wait to read the newsletter about this movie. Then my second parenthetical is AKA Sharknado 6. It's on Prime and Hoopla. And I know what I'm watching for, for my newsletter and parentheses. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Sharknado. The last Sharknado, it's about time. I just. Um, I mean. It's going to be bad. I don't have words <laughs> for how excited I am for this. It's going to be so bad. It's basically the Half-Blood Prince of the Sharknado series, so I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, just just real quick, um, Ian Zaring plays Finn. Okay. Um, Tara Reid is in this. Uh, Judah Friedlander. Vivica A. Fox. Who's the first person? Ian Zaring from uh, Steve from 90210. Um, think of Luke Perry or Brian Austin Green or Brennan, um, whatever his name was. And it's I never watched 90210. Jason Priestley. Um, he was none of those people. He was the other guy, the blonde guy. Anyways, um, that's not okay. important. Um, but big enough named star. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is in this movie. <laughs> um, as himself? Yeah. Uh, no, as, as someone named Merlin. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so Marina Sirtis, uh, who played... Uh, uh, Troy on Next Generation uh, is in this. Um, there's a, a, a uh, someone named Gil on Dinosaur, so that's something that happens. Um, okay. And then there is a uh, a drag queen named Alaska Thunderfuck that is in this movie. Um, that is an amazing name, and I feel like I've heard of her before. Uh, apparently, uh, he uses he him pronouns according to if if i am to be as correct then alaska i apologize for misgendering you but yeah i it's an amazing it's it's an amazing name nevertheless um anyways so uh yeah i um i'm really excited to watch that um so trivia about chris owen the suit he wore in american pie was the same suit that steve buscemi wore in the wedding singer um, which okay. is kind of fun. Uh, he has appeared yeah. in five movies with actor Charlie Talbert, who played Angus in Angus, who he met on the on the okay. set of Angus. And he has a dog named Baron with two R's. Um, oh. So uh, another theme of this okay. week is going to be people's dogs. So. Oh, good. That's um, I, uh, that's a theme that I can get behind. I know. That's why. That's I like why I did dogs. it. <laughs> so they're walking down this aisle as uh, Klepto guy. Uh, steals his Mountain Dew, and um, homeboy number one refers to Kenny as Special K. Or does Kenny refer to himself as Special K? The second one sounds more likely, but let me pull up the transcript real quick because it absolutely sounds like something that Kenny would do. Okay. Um, You know, I gots to give them all an equal opportunity to Special K. Yep, so that's definitely... I think there's a verb missing there yeah. to something special K, but yeah, it's definitely Kenny refers to himself as special K. So special K. K is a brand of breakfast cereal and meal bars manufactured by Kellogg's. Uh, it was introduced to the United States in 1955. 
uh, and it's used to it used to be marketed primarily as a low fat cereal that can be eaten to help one lose weight. Uh, and I put in parentheses, breakfast mm-hmm. talk continues. Can't hardly wait is a breakfast movie. Um, Special K is. is also a nickname for the drug ketamine and the uh, name of a of a very old school MC. Um, so okay. that's Special K. And now um, I think I've reached the, oh my God, James, part of the show. So homeboy number two uh, reaches and opens up a, 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 a jar of paste picante sauce. Um, dips his finger in, licks it, and then puts it back. Oh God! Okay. So I just—I don't I, know I, how I missed that. Also, <laughs> um, well, because Kenny is still talking. So, anyways, this guy David Pace invented paste picante sauce in 1947. He was a syrup guy and jellies and jams, and then he said he wanted to get into the real syrup of the Southwest, Mexican picante sauce, which is now known as salsa or picante sauce. Um. He named it after picante, which is Spanish for piquant, uh, meaning flavorful, spicy. Um, and then this was the interesting thing. He marketed picante sauce to restaurants, using it during his meals and leaving it behind on the table for other race- patrons and restaurant owners to try when he was done. So he would bring a jar, use it, leave it like a, like a real psychopath. <laughs> I am offended that that worked. <laughs> yeah like what yeah why why would okay how did that work because if i was a server as i have been you know what i never did was see something left behind by a customer and think oh i should eat this <laughs> you know what he should he should have done left behind a new jar like yeah. with a seal on it, but I think this was like the fifties, and so and maybe like an explanation, mm, like a note or something, yeah. or talk to your server and be like, "Hey, give this to your boss, have them try it. Here's my number if he's interested in selling yeah, it." Yeah, exactly. Or maybe just call the restaurant directly and say, "Hey, I got this new product. Would you be interested in trying it?" Right, you know, the normal way. Um, uh huh. Then my next note is just Y-I-H, because it drives me crazy the way uh, homeboy number two says, yeah. It's, I'm like, ah. Yeah, no, I don't like that. So they're they're continuing to walk down this aisle. And this is such a rich movie. So here's the plan uh, thus far. Mike and his friends are going to break up with their girlfriends. Uh, William and his friends are going to try and embarrass Mike and his friends. And Kenny and his friends, well, Kenny's going to try and get laid so that he has experience when he goes to UCLA. Yes. Um, he has a list of five uh, potential candidates. I think it's um, ten. ten oh, is, it, is it ten? Wow, ambitious. It took me all day, but I narrowed it down to a list of ten very lucky finalists. Right. So, um, then his friends, what, what, what do they say in response? They say some gibberish. Um, <laughs> so Kenny says, you know what I'm saying? And one of them says, well, what's up, man? And Kenny says, you want to see? Check this out. And one of them says, yeah. Kenny says, observe the love kit. And then the boys say some unflattering things involving right. a slur for a gay man. So Yes. Yeah. He opens his, well, he sets his backpack that he's been wearing down. And it is a primarily blue um outdoor products backpack uh i was i was thinking of um 
of Justin Long. I literally had to picture his face to remember his name of Justin Long's Jansport backpack mm-hmm. in Crossroads. Yes. Um, so outdoor products, uh, you are correct in thinking that their SEO is just horrible. Um, <laughs> but I did find the outdoor products website um, and I just they had a contact us page and I thought, why not? I'll oh, ask geez. them, hey, I'm doing research for uh, a podcast about Can't Hardly Wait. In that movie, uh, there's an, a blue outdoor products backpack. Can you tell me about it? And I got an email today that said, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk to our product team and get back to you. So I mean, okay. I will keep you posted about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I, I had a list of the things that I could see in this backpack. Okay. I didn't write any of it down. Okay. So here, here's what I saw. Aside from the uh, the offending candle, um, yes, two feather tickler things mm-hmm. like uh, a condom, single. Um, I I I only or, saw or appears a to be okay. Yeah. Um, a Kama Sutra book. Mm-hmm. Um, a fake flower, like a fake rose. Okay. And then I wrote, maybe some lube, question mark? I'm sure. Um, there's a big, there's a couple of bottles, like large bottles of liquid. Yes. So one of them is probably like an oil. Actually, I know that there's there's oils. Like massage oils? I think oils? there's like massage oils. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, lube, um, I would assume, is another one of them. Um, probably. And that is actually the end of my notes, is just that list of things. But... Uh, there's a pink candle that homeboy number one sees and uh, infers from that that Kenny, who is telling him about his plans to have sex with a woman, infers that having a pink candle in his backpack uh, makes him gay and gay in the 90s way of uh, dumb and yeah. ridiculous and weak. Yes. Um, which is, which it, 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 that logic of that is is ironically dumb and ridiculous and weak. So <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyways, um, unfortunately, that won't be the last time we hear that particular slur. Well, we're going to hear that again in a more iconic scene um, later. Unfortunately, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, and it ends. The minute ends as you as you mentioned with uh, Kenny. Uh, giving a very ornate description of the uh, scent of love. What is it? That is Flavor a fragrance of love, of love scented candle, bitch. Damn. So uh, that's all I have for this minute. Okay. So let maybe let's move on to social media. Yeah, uh, we are on Twitter as a podcast at je underscore minute movies. That is our new handle for going forward all of our by the minute movie podcasts of which we have many planned <laughs> uh-huh. um individually i can be found on twitter at unabashedly aaron and i can be found at unabashed james we are proud members of the scavengers network on twitter at scavengers net and on the internet at large at scavengersnetwork.com. okay well uh i guess that's it yeah uh, i guess let's uh wrap things up and get on to the next minute minute 12 I can't hardly wait. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.